0: making and keeping New Year's resolutions to improve your health. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about ways you can keep yourself healthy in the new year. And I'm Mike Davis. Happy New Year to you, and we'd like to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio.
1: Yes, thanks to We Care in Apex for supporting our tip of the week and our show. They provide great service, unmatched low prices, and even local free delivery. They are located in Apex, and their number is 919-629-6010. And you can look them up online at
0: wecareofapex.com. And Dr. Forrest, how can folks get more information about the show or your own personal practice? If they'd like to ask
1: us some non-emergent medical questions and even have those answered on one of our mailbag shows, they can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com or go to our website, accesshealthradio.com, and leave information there. If they'd like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com or they can call 919-363-0190. Again, that's 919-363-0190. And acchealth.com is dot hcom And also, after the show, if you miss part of it or you want a friend to be able to hear it, uh, you can always go and listen to an on-demand podcast of all of our uh, archived shows at WPTF.com. And we'll also provide links to that at our landing page at accesshealthradio.com.
0: Well, it is that time of the year, Dr. Forrest. People are looking ahead to the new year, and that means resolutions are on their mind. And sometimes they're even, and often I should say, they're about health, uh, particularly after everything we've eaten over the holidays. We're feeling a little self-conscious. So what are some ways that people can actually make New Year's resolutions that might actually help their health? Yes, you know, every year we hear about a lot of different things people
1: want to do for the new year, and I think health resolutions definitely are one of the most common ones, and those are the ones I'd like to get behind. So uh, people will make uh, resolutions for lots of things, Um, But as a physician, I'm totally in support of the ones that can benefit their health. So, you know, the truth is that most people have difficulty following through. And once they feel like they've messed up, they just sort of put it on hold until the next January. And so one of the things we're going to talk about today is how not to let your New Year's resolutions sort of die by the middle of January. So (laughs) uh, what I want to do is give people some tips for turning bad habits into good ones and the changes that will actually make the biggest differences in
0: their health for the new year. Okay, so what would be the best for listeners in terms of New Year's resolutions? Do you have some for us? There are basically five
1: areas uh, that I think would cover all of the New Year's resolutions that will actually have a really significant impact on health. So first is weight loss for anyone whose waist size measured at the belly button is over half of their height in inches. I'm going to say that again. So people are always concerned about body mass index and weight and everything else. But I'm going to tell you in terms of the medical evidence, we find that one of the most important things is actually your waist size. And so again, to know if you're where you ought to be, if you measure your waist at the belly button. Uh, and it's less than half your height in inches, you're in good shape. Uh, so it has been determined that doing that is really going to determine medically if your weight is where you ought to be. So don't set unrealistic pounds goals uh, that you need to lose. Just set an inch goal. And you know, one inch every eight weeks is really reasonable for most people to be able to maintain. So so weight loss is definitely a good resolution, but again, don't be so focused on the weight as on the the inches and sort of how your your belt and your clothes and are fitting and that kind of thing. Uh, the second is smoking. Uh, you know, we have years of evidence that smoking not only causes certain medical conditions like cancer and emphysema, it actually makes almost all other medical conditions worse. So you might be surprised to know that smoking Smoking can actually cause a herniated disc and back pain, and it's hard to quit, no doubt about that, Uh, but we'll have a whole show in the next year just about quitting smoking, but this really is an important one. So, uh, you know, setting a quit quit date that's not going to be particularly on a special occasion and making sure you get some peer pressure by telling your friends and family about it. Has really been shown to be one of the more effective methods there's also a quit line uh, that's free to use and we'll put a link to that on the website where they offer free counseling and tips and things that's very useful and the third is exercise so the the third most important resolution and some people would say the, the the most because this can help with some of the other issues is exercise so lots of studies show that moving more is one of the best things you can do to live longer and be more functional even in later years So, you know, you don't have to set out to be an Iron Man. You want realistic goals. But as little as 150 minutes out of a week uh, can pay huge dividends. So when I say 150 minutes a week, I mean you can divide that however you want. If you want to do 30 minutes uh, Monday through Friday, that'd be great. If you want to do 75 minutes on Saturday and Sunday, that'd be okay. But, But really, you're just trying to get that 150 minutes of an aerobic heart rate a week. Um, so the next uh, you know, resolution that I think is, is valuable besides just weight loss is improving your diet in general. So eating less saturated fat, um, particularly I have a limit that I tell patients of less than 10 grams per day. Trying to eat more fiber and fruits and vegetables can also help improve cholesterol and bowel problems, even skin issues. So, But make it easy on yourself. Find vegetables that you actually like the taste of and that you can also prepare quickly. A good rule is to eat vegetables that grow above the ground like nuts, berries, uh, and fruits that aren't super sweet. Um, So the last thing that I would say is a good uh, New Year's resolution for many people is modifying their alcohol consumption. So alcohol in excess of one drink for women and two drinks for men per day has been shown to be harmful. Less than that really hasn't been shown to be a problem in people that did not become dependent. However, if you are drinking alcohol, you never want to cut down too quickly. Uh, Going from like a 12-pack per day to nothing can have severe consequences like seizures and spikes in blood pressure. So, you know, somebody who's uh, got that much alcohol intake really needs a little bit more of a gradual taper. Time now for our Access Health Tip of the Week, Doc. Well, you know, the hardest thing is that sustain phase um, that happens right after your super willpower wears off. So, you know, once you are past the first few days of rock solid commitment, um, you will be faced with that first bowl of ice cream, that first bowl of Cheetos or worse, worse yet, a bag of Oreos. And the key is to push through. Uh, The tough part is those first few weeks. Uh, It's been shown uh, in research, if you can sustain a new habit for six weeks, the new habit actually becomes the habit, and it becomes much easier to sustain.
0: Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Dr. Forrest will cover more specifics on ways to be successful with your healthy New Year's resolutions straight ahead. This is Access Health Radio. Picking and Keeping Healthy New Year's Resolutions. That's our topic today here on Access Health Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. Dr. Forrest, uh, what what are the keys to success in this? Are there ways to make resolutions stick? uh, And I'm thinking at least till the spring. I mean, usually I don't get out of the first couple of weeks of January. So what can we do?
1: (laughs) Most importantly is don't set unrealistic goals. Uh, I think the biggest mistake many people make is that they go too extreme. For example, you know somebody that eats fast food five days per week might say, okay, no more fast food ever. Well, the chances of success with that are very low. And often when people fail... That discourages them so much that they just give up completely. And the truth is, all of us will fail. It is a certainty. The key is that when we do, we forgive ourselves and get back on the wagon. If six days out of seven, you eat a great diet, and the seventh day you mess up, you're going to do really good. And six out of seven days can have huge health benefits. So, you know, many times we think of this thing as all or nothing. We should try to just make it as often as possible. Second of all, is have many goals. For example, saying, you know, I'm gonna lose 50 pounds in two months is unreasonable, not to mention unhealthy. But if you set a goal for January 15th and then you set another goal for February 1st and so on, uh, then, you know, that makes it easier to have those smaller goals. And if you do miss a deadline, just reset the goal for the next shorter time period. And then last of all, you know, you can't focus on more than one thing at a time. Uh, if you try to cut carbs, cut sodium, cut calories, cut saturated fat, cut fast food, etc., cetera, all at once, there's just no way to do that. So instead, pick one specific goal at a time and work at that until you have achieved it. Then you can focus on another area. So I tell patients all the time that I could give them a list of 100 things – that they should do to improve their health. But instead, I will just give them one or two at most for now. And most people are much more successful with that strategy.
0: It seems to me that one of the most important parts uh, about this plan, Dr. Forrest, is being accountable, having some accountability, accountability partners or something. What are ways for people to be accountable for their New Year's health goals?
1: Well, you're right. Accountability is really important. It's been shown that people that have an exercise buddy that they work out with are much more likely not to skip a day or procrastinate a workout until next week instead of doing it today. So if you have a neighbor that's going to knock on your door at 6 a.m. expecting you to walk with them, you will not want to answer the door in your bathrobe and tell them you just can't make it today. So this is one reason that group programs like Weight Watchers are successful. The positive peer pressure of having people with the same temptations and the same troubles as you can be very encouraging and, you know, tell people what your goal is so that you will feel a little self-conscious about your behavior. You know, having friends and family you trust say, Hey, what happened to you trying to quit smoking? That can help some people. Now, having said that, there are people that uh, sort of retain their pride and their control of their own habits, and with those people, this might backfire. So, you know, some people, when they're confronted by friends or family about failure with their goals, they actually might respond by making those habits worse. So, you know, this is something people have to really know about themselves, but in general though, people who set goals and, uh, you know, only keep those goals to themselves are generally less successful. Uh, By the same token, you know, household contacts that are having similar bad habits make it incredibly difficult to succeed. So if, for example, if one spouse wants to quit smoking and the other does not, it has been shown to be much less likely that either will be able to quit. So, you know, setting goals as a family can also be very, very helpful.
0: Okay, so Doc, you've you've talked about setting some uh, good goals for the coming new year. Could you give us some specific goals that are good for health?
1: Well, some of these we mentioned already, but you know, specifically getting waist size down to under half of your height in inches at a rate of half an inch per month will pay dividends for blood pressure, blood sugar, arthritis, and lower your risk of cancer. Stopping smoking has to be a top priority for those that do, uh, even more so than weight. And cutting alcohol to less than two drinks per day for men and one for women can be beneficial from a health standpoint as well. And it also can help heal strained relationships that can come from alcohol abuse in people who are dependent on alcohol. And the last one, and and this is one that I think is very doable for most people, uh, but it really is life-changing, and that's eating less than 100 grams of carbs per day, uh, less than 10 grams of saturated fat, and at least three servings of what we call cruciferous vegetables. Those would be vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, kale. Uh, Brussels sprouts, and those kind of things. And then eating low sugar fruits are all great dietary goals. And you can use apps and the internet to find content on calories and fat content. And that on almost every food now is at your fingertips uh, really
0: instantly. Specific date goals. Uh, Should we set specific date goals in mind? Is that helpful or harmful? Setting dates
1: is helpful in that it stops the procrastination of always putting it off until tomorrow or next week. Um, However, picking a date to stop any bad habit or to start a new good one should involve a date that is not particularly emotionally charged or stressful. Uh, For example, you would not want to try and quit smoking on the first day of a new job. Uh, or you you wouldn't want to try to start your weight loss program, you know, the first day you bring a new baby home from the hospital. Um, I generally recommend weekends uh, as a good time for people to start new habits or try to end bad habits, uh, because at least they don't necessarily have the stresses associated with work, and they can really focus on that and at least get a good start
0: for those couple of days. All right, that makes sense. After the break, we're going to go over some of Dr. Forrest's personal thoughts about New Year's resolutions. Stay tuned for that. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis, and Happy New Year. Hope you're having a great holiday season. Happy New Year. And I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by our our topic, setting healthy New Year's resolutions, Dr. Forrest. Uh, have, you, uh, have you ever done that? Do you set New Year's resolutions? You know, I have worked on my own uh,
1: resolutions, particularly with weight, seemingly my entire life. Uh, It is never a completed task. So, you know, I do my best to follow my own advice in terms of diet and exercise for patients. But, you know, like all other people and all other patients, I am an imperfect human being and we all occasionally backslide. So I think this is one of the key things to remember is that, you know, uh, when you end up being human, which we all are, don't beat yourself up too much. And, uh, you know, when you have a treat one day or when you have a day you don't exercise like you should, uh, the key is to keep trying and start back the very next day. Uh, You don't have to wait until the next new year (laughs) to start working on good health habits again. You can, you know, start them over immediately that next day, you know, after you sort of have had a, a day off the wagon.
0: All right. That is good, good advice. It's time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. So I figured people might
1: be interested in a statistic. So what percent of people keep New Year's resolutions and for how long? And studies done by the University of Pennsylvania have found that by January 8th, just 77% of resolution makers are still on track. And after six months, only about 40% will have kept it up. But remember, there are no perfect human beings, so falling off the wagon will happen. Just jumping right back on is what can make you successful.
0: Jump right back in. I like it. Dr. Forrest, as we look forward, what can people expect here on Access Health Radio? What are we going to be talking about? Well, we're going to
1: be talking about a lot of exciting topics. Uh, There are several things that I really want to cover, both from uh, the public's request and patient's request and things that I just think are sort of in the minds of those out there concerned about some healthcare issues and one of those is long-term care and skilled nursing. Uh, You know, we have an increasingly elderly population. Uh, We're living longer, which is good, but the number of people that are needing long-term care and skilled nursing facilities is really on the increase. So uh, we're going to go in detail about that. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, some of the issues surrounding long-term care. Uh, You know, how do you get it paid for? What do you look for in a facility? Those type things. Um, so that's one of the topics we're going to cover. Another one we're going to cover is ways to make your own doctor's office visits more enjoyable and productive. We're going to talk about things you can do while you're at your doctor's office to actually make it better for you and also for you to get more out of it. New technologies that can make getting health care convenient and also affordable. And we're also going to go into... Uh, you know, what you need to know about personal genetic testing. Uh, I know a lot of people have been interested in things like the breast cancer gene, the BRCA gene. Uh, they know celebrities that have had testing for conditions like that. Uh, you know, uh, Angelina Jolie, for example, is one who's very famous for getting her BRCA gene tested. Uh, and many people are wondering, you know, what should I do? Should I do one of these commercially genetic tests? Should I do a genetic test at my doctor's office? Should I, do I need genetic counseling? sling you know uh, one of the things to consider with those type things is what kind of impact is the information you get from that genetic testing going to have on you and your family so uh, we're going to talk about those exciting issues and many others in 2019 and I'm really looking forward to it and if you're a, a listener of the show especially if you're a regular listener and you've got a health topic that we haven't covered in the last two years that you'd really like us to go over on air, uh, please send a uh, email to uh, access at gmail.com and let us know uh, what topic you'd like us to cover uh, because we would be happy to do that. If we think it's something that will interest the listeners and
0: could be uh, good for their health. Accesshealthradio.com is our website where you can find out more information about Dr. Forrest and ACCHealth.com, where you get information about his medical practice in Apex. That's all the time we have for today, Doc. For like, this year, I should say. That's right. I'd like to wish you
1: a healthy and blessed new year. Our scripture this week is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, Happy New Year, and may God bless your health.